brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It is definitely time for more suds. And thank you very much for joining us for this suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. This is good old boy Mike joining me here at the table, our Reverend Mark. Good afternoon. And the incomparable good old boy Dave. Hey, kids. Did I, did I say incompetent or co- incomparable? I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Just as long as you don't say incontinent. More beer. Oh. Did you see that puddle under my chair? Oh. That doesn't work. (laughs) All right. We are the best thing on at 2 a.m., and we thank you for choosing us over Polka Classics with Paul, the blending of hip-hop and polka in the modern era. Our sud segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. We're going to be talking about lots of great things today, but first off, Dave is going to get the honor of going over our suds ratings for today. We'll be tasting and discussing these beers and rating them using our Suds ratings plus our signature belching sounds. Here are those ratings now. Number one, that sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two, was that a belch? Number three, ah, what a relief. Number four, a body should really not make that sound. Add a hip-hop song to that. And number five, Mm. using my best Reverend Mark impersonation, listen to that hang time. Give me another. (laughs) Thanks, Dave, for uh, reading those. And your best Reverend Mark interpretation. Actually, he's here in person. To date. Yes. (laughs) We won't have to do that. So, uh, first off... uh, our show today is definitely about our GABF wrap-up for 2014, so I want to definitely start off our GABF session just like every other GABF session, which is welcoming me in the bagpipes, most definitely. So we are back from GABF, the great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado, and we are have had time to recoup, recover, recharge from this event, and the one emotion that none of us thought that we would be experiencing would actually be mourning the death of a dear friend, Reverend Mark. Yeah, and so before we get into our topic today, we want to pause, we want to dedicate our show to a dear friend that recently passed away. We're thinking of Michael Simmage. He was a great husband, brother, son, one heck of a brewer. His passion for beer was unparalleled. I can tell you, knowing, knowing him and talking with him over these years, it was part of his DNA. He served as president of the Mid-State Brew Crew, and uh, we have on this show hosted several people from that club. We spent quite a bit of time with Michael and Danielle, his wife at the GABF. As a matter of fact, Danielle was competing in the Pro-Am with a beer that they had worked so long and hard on called Jaxie Brown and it was brewed at the Cool Springs Brewery. We have certainly, over the years, relished our time with Michael, and he will be so terribly missed by many. Our continuing thoughts go out to Danielle and Michael's family. To Michael, Prost. Prost. 
Truly, uh, I never really thought that uh, this was an emotion that I would come back from such a great event to uh, be experiencing the um, the death of a friend. Uh, I know you spent some time with Michael uh, very recently for his onesie day, didn't you? Yeah, we spent uh, time in Louisville, Kentucky um, at the Holy Grail with uh, Michael and Danielle, talked to them, got to know them. One cool thing, though... Um, the the last really cool memory i have of michael is actually from gabf and it was the early saturday members only session and so we got we all got in really early before the crowds really started coming in and i had sort of uh, gotten separated from juliana and reverend mark which i let's just face it i wandered away um the my leash fell off of me yeah we had we had one of those mall leashes that you put on children you know and yeah he got a five dave meter (laughs) yeah i was trying to find juliana in the midst of actually sampling some beers and um i see michael hauling tail towards the back of the of the event and uh, I, I started I, I got in step with him he's got longer legs than me so I had to walk pretty fast <laughs> true and um, I was like dude where are you going he goes man I'm getting in line for this cheese and I was like <laughs> what are you talking about he goes no it's the American Cheese Association yeah, or something right. in and, the um, hall, yeah. and I was I, I was like who but Simich <laughs> would be barely past just to get cheese every brewery in America you know their tent or whatever their table to get to taste some cheese and I just thought man this dude is he he is out there but (laughs) committed um, I really uh, committed to the cause I really like Michael and I'm very uh, very sad that uh, I won't get to go and taste some more of his beers and talk about beer and cheese with him anymore Absolutely. I, I tell you, I, um, over the years, uh, I've especially appreciated the fact that he and Danielle, I mean, they were they were obviously just so made for each other on, yeah. on so many levels. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate the fact, in, you know, in, in beer circles that oftentimes it's, many times it's just the guys. And I'm glad to see that there's more diversification. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, of gender gender diversity within brewing. Uh, great, some of the greatest brewers I know, uh, you know, in this city, are women brewers I've learned from. Um, mm-hmm. But how that they work together, just so, uh, you know, in such amazing ways, in such collaboration, as yeah. as fellow brewers, and I just so really respect <clears throat> that. Uh, a bit more of the uh, backstory um, was that uh, Reverend Mark and Danielle actually were competing in the same pro-am at uh, Cool Springs as well, and Dave. And it really came down to three beers and all of that competition. And Reverend Mark's was right there in the in the short list uh, towards the end. And uh, I know you've competed before, you know, in the pro-am, but in hindsight, looking back at actually what's transpired here, um, I'm really glad that Danielle won. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and more importantly, I'm really glad that Michael actually got to come with us to Denver um, for winning that competition because uh, it really en- enriched our experience in Denver. But more importantly, he actually enriched our lives by you know, everything that he com- contributed both to life as well as the, the brewing community uh, in general. So uh, truly, uh, uh, we wanted to dedicate this show to uh, Michael and uh, celebrate his life. So, so definitely uh, take a moment, raise a glass, and celebrate. Prost. 
Today is our GABF uh, wrap-up show for 2014, and I can't think of any more fitting sound than hearing the sound that you hear on the GABF floor. We have actually tasted thousands of beers, and we're going to cover some highlights on today's show. We're going to talk about some general comments. We're going to cover our top three. Uh, we're going to talk about the GABF medalists, and then we have some topics to kind of cover that were kind of present through the uh, show as well. So let's get right to it, uh, guys. So uh, I'm sitting here with one GABF virgin and one veteran uh, that have been to the show. So uh, I'll let the virgin start first. Dave, <laughs> this is your first show uh, wow. to GABF. Um, what do you think? Was it everything you thought? Was it? Would you go back? Um, yeah, it was. Um, <clears throat> it was everything I thought it would be. Um, you know, I've been to a lot of beer festivals locally and some other towns and things. Um, the scale and magnitude of the GABF is, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, that's, you know, and if I had, you know, and I hope I do get to go again. Um, it'd be cool to go as a Pro-Am winner or something, but... The way we got to go as part of the show and everything was was really awesome with the access that we had. But um, if I if I do go back, or let me say when I go back, um, I am definitely going to do more prep work because if you don't think about who you want to see, mm -hmm. what you want to drink, you're not necessarily going to know about all the beers beforehand. But if you don't have a good concept, at least of a region. Um, some specific breweries and things that you want to go visit, you get lost. And you, you know, I don't feel, you know, Juliana and I went to a lot of, of the brewer tables. I mean, we went to a lot of places and 90% of them are stuff that we'd never heard of before. And that was mm -hmm. out of design because we don't, you know, if it's something that we've had before, why go there and stand in line to try it? Mm -hmm. But. I still don't think we really even scratched the surface, you know, yeah. completely. But it was uh, it was an amazing experience. Um, I do think that there are so many opportunities to have a good time around the GABF. I think the sessions are fun. I'd say Thursday night and Saturday early are the two best sessions by far if you can get to them. Friday night um, is just a madhouse. Um, but it was fun. But I think um, you're gonna bring a costume next time, aren't you? Um, maybe. <laughs> Super. Dave. I should have worn my kilt. Man, I, I thought about it. I should have worn it. Um, you know, I may. Uh, I may go with cinnamon. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> but um, please don't. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Cinnamon might be better for, just for the radio. I'm going to make T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dave. <laughs> Call me Cinnamon. Um, but, no, we uh, we had a great time. Um, Denver is a great beer city. If you can't find a good beer in Denver, you are just not looking. So <laughs> You've gone um, there for the wrong reason. Yeah, it was, it was one of those experiences that, you know, every beer lover should have mm -hmm. at least once. How about it, Reverend Mark? Uh, you're the veteran of the group here. Yeah, um, this number three. Yeah, so uh, what do you think of this year? And, you know, are you ready to go back? Oh, man, yeah, <laughs> so much ready. Uh, and actually, this uh, I've, I, I've had beer at the GEBF three other times without actually going myself. That I've compete, competed in the Pro-Am four times, uh, but this is the only one time I've actually gone 
Yeah. Uh, and that was three years ago. Uh, no, actually, two times. The last t last two times. Anyhow, I w not only would I would I want to go back. Some of the reasons are that. You know, I just I, I feel as though having had the privilege of going the first two times with a with a local brewery that that sponsored the the, the pro am, it made me feel you know like I was very much a part of this whole kind of craft brew uh, culture that's that's not just happening on an industrial level, but it's happening in everybody's backyard. You know, and it just really made me feel as though you know that for the last 14 years now that I've been doing something that uh, you know at first to me was just kind of kind of cool and my friends liked the beer and as I continued to work at it and compete you know I didn't really do it to see if I was better than anybody else I was always just competing with myself to see if I could craft just a slightly better IPA or a Belgian strong ale the next time the next time so to, to be able to get there and just to have your beer served to that public is just it just really does validate your own sense of you know I've got a good hobby you know I can mm -hmm. probably live with live with this for a while um, also though I, I, I really completely agree with Dave in that you really need to have a road map in front of you when you're making it down you know those many many aisles of, of booths because you know there still are your standard IPA brown uh, American ales and Hefeweizens that are fine on, on, on any given day of the week if you're stuck in any local town. But yeah, you, you really want to seek out the things that uh, you just don't come, come across every day. And uh, you know, so we were able to do a lot of that. We'll comment on that, some of that in just a minute on some of our favorite picks. Uh, you know, but f for, for me at least one thing I noticed about the GABF this year, which was uh, qualitatively a little better than last year, is that more of the people at the table serving the beer actually knew about the beer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I have a yeah. bit of a backstory um, on you know some efforts that uh, the Brewers Association made this year um, around that, and that was something you know that has really caught um, our attention for several years. Is that um, the volunteers are really great? They serve you know a, a, a very specific need of being able to have that many people to pour all the beer. But there was a, a gap of knowledge, you know, that was kind of going on. So, <clears throat> actually, one of the volunteer coordinators was actually staying uh, at the hotel that we were staying at, and I was able to catch up with with him as I was just kind of waiting for our car down in the uh, in the motor pool. And um, he told me, uh, you know, some really great facts uh, this year that they actually made a more concerted effort to kind of bridge that gap. Both there are brewer tasting notes that each of the volunteers had available about the beer that was in front of them. Yeah. Especially for those people that were kind of novice, um, you know, consumers or not even brewers at all to even understand, you know, what, what the beer was and, um, you know, how was it made or even, you know, some specific elements of ingredients around it. The other thing that they had was they actually had uh, uh, designated beer geeks um, that actually moved around the floor uh, for two purposes. One is that you need somebody to make fun of, and <laughs> no, uh, they actually—that's what I was there for. Well, I, yeah, that's true. Yes, Dave. <laughs> uh, the um, uh, 
They were there to both help uh, consumers and field direct questions for people that had questions about beer that they were consuming, but also to help educate the volunteers that were there um, as well. Yeah. And I have to say that uh, I'm with Reverend Mark, that I really felt like the people behind the counter, I didn't have a whole lot of questions, and I guess, I don't know, I'm just kind of wired that way, which is, please pour and I'll move to the back, you know, yeah. um, and get out of the way. I don't have any questions about this. Um, but the few questions that I did have, for the most part, were actually fielded, you know, fairly intelligently. Yeah. Um, I tended to ask more if they were dressed with the brewery's work shirt, or like you could tell that they were actually. Yeah. If they were credentialed the for the brewery, I, yeah. I asked a question yeah. or two, you know, uh, at that point. Um, but yeah, I thought that it. Uh, you know, it was a good concerted effort, I thought, by the Brewers Association to really improve some of the ex- uh, experience yeah. for uh, people that actually had genuine questions, you know, about the beer that they were consuming. Um, and I noticed uh, definitely a lot of the tables uh, this year um, that many of the brewers actually took the time to actually write out a description yeah, of the helps. beers that they were pouring, which uh, really helped a lot. There was one beer that we actually talked about um, where their table, what they had done is it was actually a laminated piece of, of like a tablecloth yeah. that they actually put each of their pitchers at. And so it stood the test of time, you know, through the entire week. and All the spills. Yeah, all, <laughs> all the beer that was there. And it looked just as good on the last day as it did on the first day. Yeah. And I think that that really helped because it had the full, you know, description of the beer. The picture was right there. Um, but there was, you know, an accurate description of the beer right there that you could actually uh, see as well. And those are... Uh, those notes are actually not in uh, some things like the GABF app. That would probably be the only thing I wish that they would do is that they would have either some direct link to the brewer's site, you know, for yeah. uh, beer descriptions or breakdown of some other aspects of that beer if it's been rated by some other places or um, release dates, you know, around yeah. the beer. Those are some things I was missing. You know what I think would be cool? <clears throat> and I'm giving away a million billion dollar idea here uh, um hang on a second i have yeah, a beer yeah. here. you better have a drink <laughs> well you know like how you know everybody goes to beer advocate and rate beer and sip sudden smokes and sip sudden smokes um those qr codes you know like the fancy barcode right mm-hmm. if you put one of those there everybody has that app on their smartphone you scan that and it takes you right to either a beer advocate rating i'd love it to actually just bring up the right uh, beer on the gabf app well good luck with that yeah but, i mean yeah. i have to say that standing in line and holding my cup and navigating you know people in costumes and then trying to type that didn't work yeah, you know, several times. Pirates will knock you out of the way if you're not <laughs> careful. Uh, most definitely. Well, um, it was a it was a really good event this year. You know, I'm really glad we got to go back. Uh, I enjoy going. You know, as credential media. You know, for this event, yeah. it's uh, it definitely provides us a you know perspective around this. I enjoyed the media luncheon again. Maybe not quite quite as much this year as I did last year. Death Star was good. Yep. It was. There was some really good beer that was there, and several of the medal winners uh, were again poured at the uh, media luncheon. So, yeah. um, if you, uh, I'd have to say maybe that's the tip off is, uh, you know, if you want to know who's going to medal, actually ask what beers have been served at the media luncheon <laughs> because uh, nearly about three fourths of them uh, medaled there as well. But 
I really loved uh, you know the discussion that each of the brewers had. The events outside uh, GABF, I am down to the point of declaring to say, you know what, even if you cannot get tickets to the floor at GABF, you should go. Yeah, There yes. are so many events happening in the Denver area during this week that I'm down to the point of saying you might actually have more fun and actually spend less money by not securing a ticket. Just go uh, for that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I would say even if you're even if you got like a ticket to one night um, or one session, yeah. um, you should go for go. a five day period because yeah. there is that much going on. Yep, you shouldn't feel like, oh man, I'm missing out. Uh, you know, it's, there really is just so much going on outside. Our event was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I, uh, you know, was. It made for great radio, although I found ourselves, uh, you know, screaming into the microphones during that episode. It's nice to be back here in the in the studio today. I have to say, it's nice and quiet. <laughs> we should have uh, we should have done a video clips of the uh, people singing Michael J. Not I did. me. Oh, you did. I did. Yeah, uh, and so I have not posted them on the Facebook page. Oh. It's like a really, uh, only like a four, you know, four second clip. Yeah. That's about all of the you people need dancing off. Well, uh, definitely the dude standing one behind the other, going, "Do I have five more seconds?" And I'm like, "For what? Yeah. Oh my god! Seriously, yeah. stop!" Please, no, no, you don't. <laughs> we, we may have a hands off policy in future dance offs. You have five less seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, and I found out everybody has a Michael Jackson song in their repertoire, at least one. How about that? You never knew that. Well, uh, it was a a really great event, and it swings our attention to actually talking about beer uh, at the event itself. So we wanted to talk about some of our top three choices, and up first is Dave talking about his uh, top three. All right. Well, here's one lesson as a newbie that I learned about GABF. You know, sometimes, you know, with different things, we all get caught up in the hype for stuff, you know, and and just because something's popular doesn't mean it's great. At GABF... It's almost like a semi-blind tasting. That's right. Yeah. If there's a long line at a table, um, it's usually for a good reason, because it's really good beer. So, I'm not really going to talk about a lot of those, because, you know, like New Glarus and folks like that obviously in wicked weed obviously their beers are amazing the my favorite beer that i had at gabf um was electric cucumber by trinity brewing wow. yeah <laughs> yeah it's um, amazing i remember that i can't believe yeah. i picked that i'm still belching actually wow. yeah it's uh so it, this was uh, a winner in the experimental category i believe yeah field and yep. Field and something, field and stream. I don't know. Yep. Um, but no, it. Um, so it's a saison with English cucumbers, lemon zest, and seeds of paradise. Hmm. And um, the the other reason why I, I really like this beer is because we discovered Trinity um, actually on our way to GABF because we stopped in Colorado Springs first, and so we went by there and we'd been reading about them you know for a few weeks before so we were like dude we're going to trinity you know and it was so much better than we ever imagined and we didn't have the electric cucumber at the brewery but we had it 
um, I think the first night when we were there in the first session, and I, I could not stop thinking about it after that. That was like my favorite beer there. Um, I like cucumbers anyways, but this beer was amazing. And uh, we actually scored a bottle of it too um, after somewhere in Denver. I don't even know where we found it, but Juliana was like, hey, look at this. So I was like, yes, put that in the basket. Um, that is a beer that I would give a rating of a five. Wow. How about that? Right off the bat. Listen to the hang time. Give me another. And you know you know they're into Saison's when the head brewer's name on Facebook is Saison Man. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <clears throat> uh, I can imagine uh, you know that experience getting pulled over. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Cucumber. <laughs> are you aware of what's going on? Are you aware of what your speed was? I don't know, but here's a beer. <laughs> That's right. So what else do you have in your top three there? So um, the other beers, one of the other beers I have actually was at GABF, but I did not try it there. I had it at What the Funk. Oh, okay. And it was from Two Rivers in Connecticut. It's called Philsomic. Huh. And it is a Lambic that is aged, I think, for... 20 months or so in red wine barrels with 14-year-old balsamic vinegar. Wow. Okay. Mm. Uh, that has my undivided attention. It was awesome. Hmm. And we just happened to stumble onto it um, at What the Funk like towards the end of the night and um, I couldn't I, I, I couldn't stop thinking or talking about it because it was so smooth and that balsamic you could taste it but it it wasn't vinegary at all it was just it was a perfect complement to that uh, to the sourness of that beer it was very smooth and very very delicious i don't know if you guys got to try that i don't think i would have remembered that yeah yeah it was really good so what's your suds rating on that i'd give that one a four wow Uh, and who was that by again uh two roads two roads i think so i had my notes here from what the funk i was curious if i uh if i actually had that one or not that was a really big room it's a great event and uh that was the first time that um any of us had been to that and uh it was it was good that uh we got there Uh, we got there a little bit later than maybe a lot of other folks and i would almost go so far to say that almost half the beer was gone by the time we even got into the room itself and i was gonna say i hope going forward that people commit a little more beer to these events because you know it happened that what the funk it happened at the rare beer tasting and it happened at gabf there are certain tents that by the time if you don't get there and stand in line before or right as the event starts you're not going to get any beer and i get it i mean it's Mm. great beer and people want to taste it but everybody wants to taste it yeah actually i didn't get to have the uh two roads um i don't have any notes on that so that was a table you got to that i didn't get to uh there so that's great what's your uh, last pick there my last one is actually actually is one of the popular breweries um that i stood in line for and that was a lost abbey um track number eight wow which is uh their quad i think it's called judgment day but this is a yep. barrel aged bourbon barrel aged version of that, yeah. that. very wirebacher ish yes mm-hmm. and it was really good it was 
maybe a quad is the perfect beer to put in a bourbon barrel because it brings out some of those extra flavors and i know they added extra spices in afterwards but it was it was spicy and there was vanilla and just um just you know it 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 tempered that big belgian flavor and smoothed it out in just such a great way that um i think if anyone can find this beer and i think it comes in a box set you should definitely try this beer. I hope they release it on a bigger scale. Um, but I would also give that beer a four. Wow. Uh, How about that? Uh, I body should really not make that sound. <clears throat> well, those are uh, three really great choices. And uh, you know we're going to have an upcoming uh, episode of Brewery Takeover from uh, Lost Abbey. Sweet. And I don't think that that beer is in the lineup. Um, I it's know hard that, to get. <clears throat> yeah, I think that the... Uh, the beer that uh, that is before it was aged, which was I forgot Judgment Day. Yep, that one is in the lineup that we're be having cool. for uh, yeah. for that. So I'll see if uh, we can track if we can get a hold of Track Eight, or uh, maybe a listener would love to uh, at least point us in the right direction or send us a bottle. Would be great. Yes, please. Yep, that would be great. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to take a, just a quick break here. Let uh, some of our stations chime in with some great information. And we'll be right back with good old boy Mike's top three. We're back with polka and hip hop of the modern era. <laughs> You're back at Sip Suds and Smokes. I'm good old Mike. We are here with our GABF wrap up show for 2014, and we're going through our top three choices from uh, GABF week. Uh, so next up, uh, I wanted to go through uh, my top three here for everyone to enjoy. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's not really in any particular order. Um, not like one, two, three. This is like a crush of 15 things all at the top, and I had to sit down and actually pick three to talk about. So up first is a beer from the brewery, one of my favorite uh, uh, breweries right now. Uh, just, uh, I love everything that uh, Patrick is doing. Um, yeah, I'm thinking about actually moving to Anaheim. Uh, I f- I, every time I go down to my beer cellar, I go, why do I have all this beer from the brewery? <laughs> and the reason why is because it's really good. <clears throat> and every time I crack one open, um, I go, wow, I, this is just phenomenal. I actually had another uh, White Oak uh, bottle the other day with some friends that are not beer f- aficionados, and they were just they were just raving about it and they were like oh this is so good and i'm like yeah this is really good but wait until you have the great from the brewery so uh i would say the great is um i ran into they actually cracked open black tuesday um at uh, gabf and it's very difficult to find but it's actually worth it um listen you have probably missed the 2014 lottery um if you're listening to this and actually already um the enrollment got cut off by the time this episode is going to air but if you have a chance next year or if you actually have the ability of a good trade to get a hold of this bottle i would say this is a must-have this is absolutely the best example of bourbon barrel aging that i've had lately and we have had so much beer that is barrel aged um and we're actually going to have a show uh, just on that topic um in the very near future as well you know the one thing that uh, we always talk about with things that are that are barrel aged is 
is it overwhelming the beer or is it complimenting the beer or you're it's just not there it's mm-hmm. like one of those you know choices and the thing that i'm uh, always looking for is something that's actually complimenting the beer you know it's beer that happens to be barrel aged not yeah. something that's barrel aged right that happens to be <clears throat> beer and i have to say that this is the, the bourbon actually complements the imperial stout uh, itself and it was just in this really great harmony that was going on with the beer itself mm-hmm. and i would say um, in a sea of new barrel-aged beer, this one just kind of stood out for me. My sedge rating for the brewery Black Tuesday is going to be a five. Nice. Yep. <clears throat> just uh, really uh, amazing beer, and uh, was all all too happy to be able to uh, get to taste it um, while we were at the show itself. So uh, the next <clears throat> the next beer that's up is uh, actually from. A uh, it is from Alaskan uh, Brewing, mm-hmm. and um, the you know this is this is a brewery that we actually know here on the show. We actually re- uh, reviewed uh, a couple of the beers from Alaskan. Actually, I think they were on the Porter Show, and I think they were on the Stout Show as well. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Midnight Sun is amazing. Yeah, I mean it is just it is a really great beer, and um, so you know. This is going to actually cross over into our discussion in a, in a minute about GABF medal winners, um, but it's actually also making my top three. You know, I'm not actually a huge fan of smoked beers. In fact, in general, you know, I just kind of avoid them, you know, because I usually I find that the, the smoke just usually overwhelms the beer, and People that's kind of the end it. of it. Yeah. But this, uh, this porter actually took it to a new level for me. Uh, much like barrel aging, you know, um, you're always looking for that complement, you know, element about what is the smoke actually doing with the beer itself, and this uh, this was really just everything was amazingly in check. Um, this actually enhances that roasty, toasty cocoa notes, you know, in a typical porter. Um, it was like you would take the perfect Tootsie Roll that you've ever had, and you would actually stick it in the smoker for just a bit you know until it just kind of infuses that smoke and then pop it in your mouth that was the experience uh around you know this smoke porter um it actually is a metal winner um i think that they took home the bronze uh for this and i actually got to talk with the brewer uh, that actually made this beer and and personally thank them i mean it was just it, it was right after they won and they're all standing there relishing you know in the moment and uh it was just it was very cool to to tell them just what a really great beer this was and frankly for a category that's i don't really have a whole lot of affinity for you know on a casual drinking basis um you know if you had asked me about alaskan i would have thought that midnight sun would have would have been it i really almost would go so far to say they were one and done yeah um but after tasting the porter as well as the stout and the other beers that they had there at GBF, um, this is a brewery that really has it going on. And I'm looking forward to a lot of great beer that's going to come out of Alaska. Um, they were one of the ones that um, were empty almost as soon as, mm-hmm. you know, they opened. And, you know, if you weren't there early, you were not getting any of their beer. Yeah. 
<clears throat> well, I actually got to have this, uh, again, right at the member tasting, right after they announced the awards. So they were actually pouring this. So it was really great to have the Alaskan Smoke Porter 2013. My sedge rating for that beer is also a 5. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. And uh, I have to say, uh, I have a long two-ounce pour for that. Uh, in fact, refill my cup. The last beer I wanted to talk about is... Uh, uh, beer that we actually had at uh, Embrace the Funk. Uh, I'm not Embrace the Funk. What the Funk? Different, different event. <laughs> different Funk. <laughs> Sorry about that, Brandon. Uh, so, uh, and kudos to Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, so, uh, you know, we were kind of standing all around there at uh, the end of of What the Funk, and you know, it was just I don't know. It was kind of taking it all in, and there were so many beers that I had that were really great, and I was kind of relishing, you know, pining for some of the things that we actually didn't get to taste there in the room. And we actually wound up in a corner that was right by Epic, and we had all kind of walked up to this table in the middle and and had a lot of the beers that Epic was offering up. And one of them was the Elder Brett Saison Golden Ale, uh, release number four. And, you know, I was really grateful that there was actually a full bottle in front of us as they actually shut down, you know, what the funk. Because it's actually one of the best examples of craftsmanship using wild yeast actually outside of Jester King and and Cantillon. Um, It was just, you know, I I was sitting there going, this is just a really great wild yeast um, beer. And I was really um, very impressed with how well the beer was made you know itself um i was uh the only thing i was disappointed about about this beer was uh, i was not able to take any home <laughs> I, was telling you, I was a little pissed right, about it. Right, i was like yeah. i searched all over the place and uh i could not find any of this to uh take home i, I know it's been out since uh, december of uh, 2013 there have been multiple releases i know this is release four uh you know that they've had of this beer and it is just a really great sour. I mean, just incredible balance. Um, it's just everything that uh, I really look for in what I would consider a kind of a, a high-end, you know, um, sour experience. We've had so many great sours, you know, on this show and outside of yeah. the show, um, and even maybe some, you know, hard-to-find stuff. But you know, I really feel like uh, it's. Uh, this is definitely a beer that uh, I would go back to again if I could find it. <clears throat> um, you know, I think the only thing I would have to say is I could easily hog a whole bottle of this and actually not feel guilty about sharing any of this. True. My uh, set's rating for Epic Elderbred Saison Gold Nail Release 4 is also a 5. I can get over there. There we go. <laughs> All right, next up is going to be Reverend Mark to share his top three. Okay, well, I'm sort of like Mike in that these three are not like one, two, three, or in, in hierarchical fashion, they're they're all equally good. Uh, but I'm going to start out with one that maybe would definitely be a lesser known, and I think it's actually not uh, been replicated since GABF, uh, and that is uh, the Wine Coop Brewery in Denver. Huh. And uh, they had one in particular. They had several really fine offerings at the GABF, but the one that you know really got my attention was the prickly pear 
Berliner Weiss. Huh. Nice. So uh, this was a beer that we actually talked about, <laughs> you know, on one of our uh, shows, you know, at GABF itself. Um, this was the pink beer. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> what, and you had to throw your finger up. <laughs> what shade of pink would you say that beer was? Yeah, it was, um, you know, almost like uh, a magenta that had turned a little pale. There you it go. Kind of yeah. had a magenta tone to it. Had a little yeah. washed out magenta. Yeah. 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 Uh, the one reason I was interested just when I saw what it was is that I'm also a mead maker and absolutely one of the best meads I've ever come up with was made with prickly pear puree yeah. that I got out of an outfit called St. Patrick's in Texas. And uh, so I knew how good that uh, that particular fruited mead was, a melomel, we call it. Uh, so. I, I was a little skeptical, but I just thought it was a perfect blend with that Berliner Weiss, kind of mm. that low gravity, uh, sour, crisp, dry. And the prickly pear has, you know, it has an earthy kind of character to it, a little bit kind of a strawberry rhubarb aspect, but not yeah. overly much. And uh, I just thought that this that was a really good fruit to be pairing with the Berliner Weiss. Just so, kind of mm. softened it just a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what's your suds rating? Uh, th- these are all, this is a five. This oh, okay. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to hang time. Give me another. I don't think I used those words when we were standing there, though. Yeah. Uh, I'll have more pink beer, please. <laughs> well, and then I'll, t- I'll go from the, uh, you know, the more obscure, that is the beer that you can't really find anymore, to one that uh, was very well known, but it may be sold out by now. And that is the the new Glarus Brown Peach. Oh, yes, <clears throat> oh, that was so good. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, uh, you know, just really wow. You know, we actually talked a little bit about this as well, and uh, it was great that they actually brought this to the show. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, talk about the the, the sessions you want to get in on, and in the lines that start yep. forming, yep. and then you start taking notes of you know where are the lines. I was actually on Thursday yeah. night when I had that. Yeah. Yeah. We had well, it Saturday morning. I actually had it on several occasions, but one, I, the very first night, I had to wait in line because I didn't well, get hello, that right Raven first. Mark. Welcome back to the new Glarus. Booth. Yeah, yeah. But when we came in on the the members only session Saturday morning, that's where I had it. Yeah, we, we all had it. Yeah, we walked uh, directly in there, and we were still. A dozen people back in yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, and it officially was not yet open, so they weren't even yet serving. And we were we were lining up like twenty minutes, know, like cats, yeah. you know, in a tuna fish factory. It was just we were just kind of circling the table. As 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 I was waiting for my last pour of this stuff for the GBF, I called a, a friend of mine in in Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> I did. I called him and I said, look. This is the beer. You're right down the street from New Glarus. I would like you to bring some home for Christmas. And Go goes, right now. And he's going, okay, I'll pick some up in, in December. And I'm going, no, I, I want you to like leave your house right now. <laughs> is your car running yet? <laughs> Why aren't you there already? Yeah. Are you talking to me from New Glarus? Yeah. But, you know, on one level, it's, it's, just, it's a peach soured uh, Ale that you know there was a lot of that going on, and uh, I think of the brainless peaches of Epic, which is amazingly good yeah. too. Yeah. Um, 
but this is uh, this is like well I hate mixing fruit apples and oranges and peaches and peaches is not one and the same this is just a very different kind of approach toward a, a, a peach sour and it it really did have that uh, that oh that really really ripe peach aspect yeah. to it you know like a peach that has not only been vine ripened but it's just right on the edge of, of becoming overly ripe but not quite there yeah. and it has just that deep uh, fruit fruit aspect so uh, I'm just waiting you know for <laughs> I don't know, at least six bottles of that to be coming my way in now, December. Will Just he, six bottles? Yeah. Will he well, be, I said a minimum. Yeah. Okay. But he's going to be muling in the end. So okay. Will right. he be welcome in your home if yes. he does not have? No, no, no. <laughs> and he usually brings a ton of uh, of cheese as well. So, mm. so what's your suds rating on that? Uh, definitely a five. How about that? So what else is on your list there? All right. Boy, I mean, I really had to winnow this thing down. There were so many good ones. Um, my last one that I'll mention uh, was from the Joseph James Brewing Company in mm. Henderson, uh, Nevada. Uh, their sixth, sixth anniversary rye wine. Huh. It was a barley wine <clears throat> made, you know, with a wine grist. It, had a, it, it was definitely an American style, and then there was some really good... Uh, layers of, of hoppy goodness going on there as well uh, barrel aged and I think especially because it was uh, it, it had it had a good good bit of rye in the grist that it was uh, though what I would call semi-sweet it had it had that you know that spice note to it that it wouldn't have had without the rye uh, just thought it was very very mellow very well aged picked up a lot of the Vanilla character and all from the uh, and, and bourbon aspect from the barrel, so uh, again I'd give that one a five. Hmm. Well, uh, three really great choices, and I I think what's interesting is is that you know th- some things that we actually talked about live at the show even stuck with you even you know uh, after the fact, and I think that's. That really speaks for you know the quality of what those beers were. Uh, that sometimes you just run across them and they're just you know it's like wow I wasn't expecting something quite that good and uh, it really sticks with you and sometimes it's really difficult to kind of think about your top three when you come back after having like you know two or three thousand beers but you know there are things that really capture your palate attention and it's like yeah. I'm not going to forget that definitely. Mm. Mm. Were there um, any breweries that you guys discovered? I mean, I know the the one in Nevada that you just mentioned, but stuff that you you know places that you never really thought of before. Um, so there, I would say the two I'm going to talk about here in the medalist round for IPA mm-hmm. um, definitely captured my attention, and uh, I'd never heard of them before. So we'll talk about those in a second. But good question. Yeah, I How just I you? mean I'm thinking. Of course, I've already mentioned them, but I didn't know really know about Wine Coop. You know, yeah, um, and we were right there in Denver. Hmm. Yeah. So. I'll tell you what, we're going to take another uh, quick break here, um, and uh, we'll be right back to talk about some of the GABF medalists and uh, some really great beer that uh, got awarded at the show. We'll be right back. Hey, thanks for joining us for part one of this discussion of the Great American Beer Festival for 2014. 
We have lots of great topics ahead of us for part two, so come back and listen to the rest of the episode. We'll talk about the GABF winners. We'll have some general discussion on the Pro-Am as well as the rest of the festival itself. So join us for part two. I want to thank all of our listeners at Sip, Suds, and Smokes for joining us. You can catch all the episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, PRX, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host. Our terrestrial radio stations are always questioning why in the heck do we actually put these guys on at 2 a.m., and they're deciding to expand anyway. So if you'd like to hear this show on your favorite radio station, send them a keg of beer and send us a note and copy us as well. You can reach us online anytime at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes on a variety of products flow out on Twitter every single day. At SipsudSmoke is our handle on Twitter. And our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Hey, if you're listening to the show online today, listen, do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode on whatever platform you're using. That's a really big help to us and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank my other hosts for joining me for this episode, Reverend Mark and good old boy Dave, for this discussion. Be sure and join us for part two. This is good old boy Mike asking you to join us once again and keep on sipping. This has been a one-tan-hand production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.